We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're going to hear from Dolphins head coach Brian Flores here very shortly, but I did want to finish up on that previous segment there, OJ, because you had talked about something that I wanted to get your take on here with regards to extending drives and lengthy drives and these you know, 13-play quarter or half of a quarter drives. You know, the Dolphins' defense the last couple of years has done a good job of playing bend-but-don't-break style defense, and they've ranked, you know, in the 15, 16, 19 range as far as yards allowed, but they wind up being top five in points allowed, and that's kind of, I think, been the mantra for how this team plays. When you look at the offense, does that give you any concern about the ability to go ahead and hit the big play and have the five-play drive that covers 80 yards? Yeah, you know, and that's one thing about, you know, one of the hardest things to do in football is to have these long drives without making a mistake. Most teams want you to go ahead go ahead, try to do a 12, 13-play drive. At some point, you're going to mess it up. You know, so you want to have some some quick hitters as well, which happens, you know, a lot. And we've got some guys that are home run hitters. You throw half our guys out there one yard pass, they can take it 80, which, I mean, that's what you love to see. But you like those grind it out, beat them up, wear them down type of drives as well. But like I said, those drives are the ones that tend to have more things happen bad towards the end of them than most. So, I mean – it's fun to see, and I know that they enjoy it. But we're such, and Seth talked about it, and you talked about it some at the beginning, we're such a disciplined team that we don't really hurt ourselves very much, knock on wood. We don't hurt ourselves very much. And when you hit drives like that, you usually have a, a team that tries to go on drives like that. They're a team that usually shoot, shoots themselves in the foot you know, late in the latter part of those drives. So the fact that we're such a disciplined team, we don't have a lot of, you know, procedure calls. We stay, you know, on time in terms of our, you know, our, our play call and, and, and with the chains. I think, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing, but you also give yourself a lot more opportunities to make mistakes along the way. I think you nailed it by talking about the guys that went out and got this offseason to make those short passes turn into longer passes and take off and, and have the vertical skill set there as well. And, you know, I was impressed to see the offense do it in this game the way they did last game because I thought game two they showed you a little bit more about what they want to be in terms of Tua can hit the layups as good as anybody. He is efficient. He's, his footwork is good. His placement's good. All that fun stuff. And it gets him into these short down and distances like you mentioned to go ahead and extend those drives. And that was kind of the the, the focus, the focal point of the offseason was getting guys that can execute that stuff. And speaking of Coach Flores, we have him right now at the podium post game in Cincinnati. Uh, well, well, first I'd like to um, I just want to send thoughts, prayers, condolences to the uh, Soldiers who died um, in Afghanistan. We have uh, a lot of uh, freedoms and liberties in this in this country, um, and we have those because of their sacrifice. And I, I just wanted to uh, send thoughts, prayers, and condolences to uh, the families, loved ones uh, of those soldiers. And uh, you know, it's a sad day. It's been a sad few sad few days, I should say. Thank you, Brian. Uh, we'll get to the game, of course, but uh, yesterday, of course, uh, the Dolphins uh, front runner in uh, trade talks for Deshaun Watson. Uh, your reaction, and um, are you and Greer uh, still pursuing Deshaun Watson? Uh, you know, reports, speculation, not things we really get into. Um, um, are going to be internal. Um, I've, you know, I've been pretty steadfast about that. Um, you know, with our players, with 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 uh, other clubs, and, and that, that'll 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 remain the case. Could you address uh, your confidence in Tua, and uh, did you uh, have to address it with him? Did you have any talks with him? Uh, I'm very confident in Tua. He's done a lot of good things uh, this spring, this off season, this training camp. Uh, played well last week. 
Um, and again, my conversations with the players, you know, are going to always remain between uh, me and that player. So uh, I talk to a lot of players every day. Um, obviously, I spend a lot of time with the quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, those conversations will remain between myself and, and that player. Coach, you've got three preseason games done, and you've got two more weeks before the season over. Are you you optimistic where you're at right now? And are you happy, or are you, do you yeah. like where you're at right now from what you've done up to this point? I think uh, there's a lot of things that I like. Um, I think we got a, a good group that work that works hard. Uh, they, they have good camaraderie. They have fun playing together. Hopefully, you know, people who watch us can see that uh, really worked hard, and um, I think we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction, but we still, there's still, uh, you know, a lot of work to be done. Uh, I've always felt like uh, preseason, uh, training camp, preseason games, you know, you're still kind of forming your team, um, and that, I would say that's the case for us right now. Uh, what role are certain guys going to play? I think that'll be determined over, or it's been some of it's been determined over training camp. Uh, and more of it we'll, we'll see uh, through these next two weeks of practice, and obviously when we get into uh, regular season games. But I like where we're at. I mean, I like the guys we have. You know, they're tough, they're smart, they're competitive, um, and you know they work. And I think when you work and you get a lot of guys going in the right direction, in the same direction, uh, there's there's potential for a lot of improvement. Talk about this game a little bit. Reed's tenant. He comes in, plays all game, and never 40-something yards. A couple touchdowns. And pretty sharp out there. Yeah, I was excited for Reed. Uh, another a young young player who's uh, was on our practice squad last year. Um, has really made a lot of improvements um, and got an opportunity today and took advantage of that opportunity. And I thought he played well. He led. Um, he made some big throws. Took some hits. You know, every play wasn't perfect. You know, had an interception early, but battled back. Um, really led that group. You know, is a, is a, a lot of guys who played a lot of football today. Um, really played a full game, and um, had to battle through. And, and Reed was one of them, uh, but he was also uh, a guy who was very supportive and um, you know bringing guys along throughout the game and uh, battled to the bitter end and you know made a play at the end. So I was excited for him. You, you, uh, you, you, um you only dress 45 guys. Yep. Limited roster spots available. Were there some guys out there today that may have earned a job? Uh, uh, certainly, certainly some guys out there who uh, who watch, review the film. But you know, as I just observed um, throughout throughout today's game, there were some guys who um, are close that played well. Um, and then um, th- there's some hard decisions we're going to have to make uh, coming up in these next couple of days. And, um, Myself, our staff, Chris and his staff, um, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk through um, a myriad of things and reasons um, to keep guys, to not keep guys. Um, and at the same time, we're looking at uh, the various uh, players who, who might be available on other, on other teams. So, um, you know, there's a lot that goes on these next couple of days, and um, we'll, we'll certainly be busy. Brian, we saw, we saw Kirk and Eric plays. Yeah, I mean, like you said, all those guys went out out there today and uh, played well. Got open, caught the ball, made big plays, um, tough catches in critical situations. You know, Kirk at the end of the game to you know pull us within um, you know one one score. Uh, Malcolm made plays the entire the entire day. Uh, Khalil get, makes a, uh, a back shoulder throw, which you know we've been working on that. It was good to see it, you know, uh, uh, see that in the game. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of guys who, who, who uh, a lot of competitive players in that room, and really throughout the team. Uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be some some tough decisions that we have to make. A couple nice moments for Jared Jones who played college ball here. Yeah, tough, smart, loves to play, competitive. Uh, team first, really all the attributes we're looking for in the Miami Dolphin. Uh, smart kid, and uh, you know, thought he played well. I thought he ran it well. Uh, th- thought he did a nice job in protection, and um, I think he's. Uh, I think he's. I'm pleased with, with, with where he is. Uh, the team announced yesterday that acquired Yeah. 
Yep. Obviously, he wasn't able to you know, uh, uh, play in any different games for you, but I'm right. going to see him. How does he kind of uh, play into the, uh, the offensive line? Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're excited to get Greg. Um, Watched a lot of tape on him. He's has a lot of film from um, you know, this year and previous years. Um, versatility to play center guard. Um, tough, competitive. Uh, has some uh, some uh, uh, from what I you know what I've heard and what I've heard from people I, I feel you know have good uh, uh, connections with. There's some leadership there with him as well. So um, we're excited to have him. What does that mean for Matt Skura? Uh, what this camp? I think Matt's played well. Um, and again, Matt's another guy who's uh, you know experienced player, played a lot. Um, you know, we're gonna have tough decisions to make in that room, um, as well as I mean, we've talked about that. You know, I mentioned that earlier um, across the board. So um, he's uh, you know, Matt's a good player. You know, again, he showed leadership. Uh, so, yeah, some tough decisions we're going to have to make. Coach, regardless of any talks with other teams, a portion of his fan base would like to hear uh, the team say they're not interested in Sean Watson. Would you say that, feel comfortable saying that? I mean, I would say I'm interested in the players that are on our team. You know, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in, uh, you know, Reed Sinnett, who went out there and played, you know, his butt off tonight. I'm interested in Jared Dokes, who, you, who we talked about. Um, you know, second go. I'm, pr- I'm interested in the guys who, um, you know, that didn't play today. That you know, we're focused on um, our recovery and being fresh for next week. You know, that's that's what I would say. I mean, th- I'm interested in the players on the Miami Dolphins. And there's head coach Brian Flores. We are going to react to that press conference. Lots of tough decisions to come on this roster. We're going to hand some game balls as well. You are listening to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter overtime show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. In-season or off-season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron, together ahead. And we're going to jump into one of our newer segments here on the post-game show on 560 WQAM with Big Seth's takeaway. (laughs) And Seth, Coach kind of usurped you there. He kind of led into it for you, talking about some of the tough decisions on this roster. Yeah, absolutely, Travis. There's tough decisions. And, And look, here's the thing, and Juice, you know this as well as anybody, You want your team to be a tough roster to make. When you get one of these teams where 14 rookies make the roster or, you know, every year you're turning it over and there's 35 new players on a roster, that's problematic. There's a reason for that. And we've seen that when you start to rebuild. But you want to get to the point, look, I don't know up up the road in Tampa or in Kansas City that there's a lot of roster spots to make there. And that's how you want to be is you want your team – to be difficult to make. I think we're becoming more and more difficult to make this roster, and that's why these decisions are so tough. It's a combination of having that depth. You're starting to get some positions locked in, and there's some competitive guys that are that are up and coming in the ranks, and I think that's exactly where you want to be in year three of this regime. And something we've seen from this team the last couple of years, OG, I'll go to you here, is they've not been shy at all about scouring the waiver wire and making the transactions and finding other guys. We even heard Coach talk about Greg Little when they acquired him, that he was a guy they had spent a lot of time with in the run-up to the draft back in 2019. Obviously, he doesn't wind up here, but he was in for one of those 30 visits. And so, you know, they're not going to shy away from trying to upgrade the roster. Are those kind of some nervous moments for guys that even though you've made the team, couple days later maybe you might not have your spot now you know you never really have made the team in my opinion yeah. i think it's so crazy no matter what it could be week 15 travis you look out on the field you'll see like six wide receivers <laughs> working out you're like yo i thought we were good in this group you know what i mean i thought i thought our wide receiver crew was was okay what's going on here who's whose job is on the line right here you know so it, it really is man i don't think anybody should ever get comfortable and i think that's important for a coach to convey that message all the time don't ever get comfortable. Don't ever feel good about yourself because you always got to get better because we will replace you. You can be replaced. Everybody, for the most part, can be replaced. And, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough deal, but you should always, always, always be looking over your shoulder looking to get better because they will. Even, even after that, that 53 comes out, like you said, there's about 31 other teams that got to get rid of some guys too. Right. And so there could be some guys that we might have liked you know, you, I mean, I mean, you just, I mean, you talk about Greg Little. There's some guys, some other guys out there, probably in the same situation that we probably wanted to get in free agency or wanted to draft that might be out there on the streets that we might want to take a look at. 
they just acquired a new offensive lineman, I think it was yesterday, from the Baltimore Ravens. So it never ends. It never stops, Seth. And I'm glad you mentioned the Buccaneers because that's a Super Bowl champion, obviously. But that's the idea you're going for here, right? To make the roster from 1 to 53 as good and as deep as it can possibly be. That's exactly that's, right. That's what you're seeing out there, right? No, that's exactly what it is. You, you want it to be difficult. Look, they're always going to churn that 48 to 53, right, Juice? Those guys should – nobody should feel comfortable, but those guys need to bring it each and every day. And, and now, I don't know that you want to identify yourself. Well, I'm probably 49 or 50 on this <laughs> roster. But the, the reality is they're constantly going to churn that bottom part of the roster. And if somebody spectacular shows up and, and then they might make a change that shocks you. But you want a shocking cut. When the beat writers go out and they try and do all their roster predictions, you want it to be easy. You want it to be very easy to know who the locks are. That means your team is getting better and better. And that reminds me of something that OJ and I talked about off the air a little bit ago was, you know, it, you going into this uh, this training camp, like the receiver position, for instance, we thought there was six or seven guys that had a legitimate shot to make the roster because they were NFL-proven resumes, NFL-proven caliber talent. And we talked about Kirk Merritt earlier in the show. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have had him on their 53-man roster back on July 28th when camp started. And now, because of some injuries and some, some guys maybe not performing as good as you maybe had hoped they would or thought they would, and Kirk doing everything that he possibly can, did, did that happen a lot in your in your time, Juice, where a guy was like, man, who is that rookie over there? Who is that guy over there? And then in two weeks, you're like, man, he's, he's on the 53. Yeah, I mean, there have been some guys that are real big surprises in, in camp. You know, bottom line is you got some guys that usually have some veterans on there that have um, pretty much locked up some positions. So you see some of these young guys like Kirk Merritt playing, you know, they're playing, you know, second, third stringers, second or third quarterback. But the fact that he's gotten some looks and some opportunities with the number one, with Tua, or with Jacoby, that he's got a lot of work with the number twos, and he's got obviously the work he got today with Reed Sennett. I mean, he's taking advantage of every single one of them. So there are some guys that shine like that, you know. And, and that's the best way to see if a guy can play is when you put him in there with the ones, you know. A lot of guys are going to go out there and shine against twos and threes, and if there's fours, what's early in camp. But how do you play against the ones? When you're going against number one cover guys and you're going against your own cover guys, you know, you can't get much better work than what these, our guys get when you're going against Byron, sure. when you're going against X, when you're going against Needham, you know, even even uh, you know Noah. Those guys, those are some good cover guys. So that work right there, and if our guys are getting open and making plays against those guys, they can do the same thing against other teams. So – I tell you, there's some young guys that will come out there and they're going to shine. But can we take that shine in practice to the shine to the preseason games? And now can they shine in regular season games? And that's that, important. That competition's only going to help this team get better every single day out there on that practice field. And you know, Seth, one guy that coach talked about there in that press conference that you, you looked at me and said, that's some pretty high praise for a seventh round rookie there. And Jared Dokes said that he's everything we look for in a Miami Dolphin. Let's get into game balls. I, I don't know if he might be one of our game balls, but uh, should I start this or should I go to Juice? Yeah, go ahead. Juice. Why don't you I'm, kick I'm, it I'm off, I'm going to kick off the game balls here. I always pass it off here, but I'm taking it first. It's my guy, Kirk Merritt, and we talked about it all day long. Three catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown, but it's more than that to me. It's more of accumulation of a culmination, I should say, of him just having a great training camp and putting it all together for himself. I mean, I think we saw it in the Atlanta game. He got himself open on a little jerk route, a little whip route where he goes outside and comes back inside. That's the suddenness and the ability to separate early enough in the down that I think really will jive well with Tua Tungavailoa's skill set. So for me, Kirk Merritt, not just in this game, but all preseason long juice, that's my game ball, Kirk Merritt. I like that. I mean, that's a great one. You took my wide receiver, man. You know I'm a, I'm a, you know I'm a wide receiver. This is becoming guy. a trend on the show. If Juice doesn't go first, we're taking his guy. He, he gave know, it to me, so I'm taking it. You know I'm a wide receiver <laughs> homer, man. You know what? I think Big Seb, we talked a little bit about Jared Dokes, but I'm, I'm going with Senate to win it. How about Senate to win? That's going to be my guy. You know, took a beat in the day at times. He did. But stuck it, you know, hung in there, made some plays, and not to mention the game winner at the end there, man. Uh, Reed, I mean, I was just, it's so funny that I was like looking at some of the stuff that, you know, I was listening to some of, some of the interview and to see where he came from, man, and to see where he's at. You know, to be, you know, University of San Diego, he was, you know, and I think one of the reporters asked, you paid to play there because, you know, he wasn't on, there's no scholarship. <laughs> now, you're getting, now you're getting paid to play here, you know. That's fantastic. He said he worked at Lululemon, you know, when he was in college, to, you know, to put some money in his pocket, story. you know what I mean? And, you know, and I, I just think that he's still paying off student loans right now, even with <laughs> NFL money, you know. So I've never like, heard of such a thing. I saw, so see a guy like that go out there and get an opportunity to play a full game, you know, because that's not going to happen anymore. This, 
Hopefully not. I mean, yeah. hopefully it doesn't happen anymore this season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's right. We're happy yeah. for him. But if he's playing a full game this year, <laughs> something has gone really wrong. Get on the bench over there. But, we don't want to see but, it anymore. What a great job Reed did today, man. With the, then the numbers, man, 22 of 33, 343 yards, uh, two scores, you know, one interception. Hell of a game for Reed Senate, man. So that's that's my game ball. Can you pay down a student loan with an OJ McDuffie game ball from the preseason? <laughs> I wonder if he can mm-hmm. shave at least some of the interest. Maybe if he off signs it, he can put it up and get some money out of it. I don't know. It's a great choice, Juice. And I tell you know, listen, if you're not following Brett Breckheisen from the from the Dolphins Communications Department, what a great follow. I'm gonna go old school on you, Juice. The best notes guy I've ever seen in my life in all of sport is Scott Stone, just an absolute legend. Yeah. But Brett is really, Absolutely. really good. Yeah. So follow Brett on Twitter. But I'm, I'm reading this note here, and he said, Senate's 343 passing yards today are the most by any NFL player in a preseason game since at least 2017. Wow. That's getting it done. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's getting it done. done. So, well, look, I'll go real quick. I know we got to go to a break. My game ball, I'm going down and dirty to the big guys in the trenches. Durval Kyrgios, he, and I probably, I don't know if I just butchered my guy's name. You worked on it all day. But he was butchered. I worked on it all day. I had my big chance and I blew it. But he was butchering guys. Go back and watch the film. He's one-handing guys where he's helping out the tackle on the, uh, you know, whoever's playing on his left. He was bulldozing guys, pancaking guys. He was a beast out there. He gets my game ball. I love that selection. He's been on the practice squad the last couple of years. Could be there again. He still has roster exemption status, so he can be on the roster as the 91st man on that practice squad. So we're probably going to see more of Durval here in the future. Great pick, Seth. Great pick, OJ. And our collective pick there with Reedsnet as well. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter overtime show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. The season is here, and so is your chance to experience the thrilling Dolphins football live and in the stands. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has got you covered with the largest selection of seats of any ticketing marketplace. Don't miss any of the action. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. And Reed Sinnott gets the O.J. McDuffie game ball for his preseason Week 3 performance against the Cincinnati Bengals, including a 34-yard game-winning touchdown pass to Chris Myrick. We have Reed at the podium right now post-game after the win. How are we doing? How are you? Doing all right. It was a fun game. Yeah, it's fourth and long. You know, you're trying to make a play. Um, kind of got flushed out of the pocket initially, and you know that's normally not something you just throw up. But fourth down, and, and with the game on the line, just try to give somebody a chance. And you know, I got knocked down. I didn't even see the the ball get caught, so I got the wind knocked out of me. And I'm standing, sitting there, you know, expecting the game to be over. And I heard our guys start cheering. So it was a fun moment. Um, I'm glad it was Chris that caught it. You know, I got to watch him work all summer. Um, I've worked, you know, we worked together a lot this off season, and. Uh, it's great to you know watch all these guys have success today. I knew I know you were down, so you were ready to kind of be in the middle of the mob. Mm-hmm. When you get to the locker room, I know it's just a flash season, but what's the emotions like right, in the locker room after getting like that? It was a lot of fun. You know, we always want to win, and so I think that's what what everybody's so happy about. And uh, you know, that's you know we went out and figured it, figured out a way to win, um, and so it was exciting coming back in. And um, you know, you win a game like that, there's always a little bit of buzz in the locker room. How about I don't I don't know if there was a certain point, but you know, once we started I get a, got a chance to help game plan, you know, I kinda knew that I was gonna be out there for quite a bit. Um, and you know, going out there and getting to play a whole game, it's exactly what I wanted. You know, I'm getting a chance to show that, you know, I can operate the the game from start to finish, work the situations, you know, find ways to win and uh, you know, I think we we did that tonight and you know, Doxey ran the ball really, really well. The offensive line did a good job protecting. Um, Kirk made some plays down the stretch, and so it was awesome. That, you know, practicing with those guys, and you know, their limited reps to see all those guys have so much success. So it was a lot of fun to be out there. 
down the road, if you're ever put into a situation of revolution in the game where you've got to go down, mm-hmm. what does this do that you've got confidence now that you've done it on you know, NFL City, NFL Field? Yeah, you know, I, I think I can play at this level, and I think, you know, that's something that, that comes with that. But, you know, it's, it's taking steps here and there and trying to get better. And, you know, I think today was a good step in, in trying to find ways to get better. And there's, you know, a few mistakes that I made throughout the game that I think would have made it a, a different situation. But um, it does help your confidence a lot. And it, it feels good to come away with a victory. Um, and like I said, it's just it's fun to be out there with those guys. And, and so that's the best part about, you know, getting to play the whole game. Coming into China camp, this was a team that was really, really strong with our team. We're at the top four or five spots. And obviously, you guys like uh, Kirk Merritt and Chris McClain and Malcolm Perry making plays in the final 15 game. Uh, what, what can you say about the kind of some of the guys at the, at the end of the, the depth chart of our receiver, um, you know, from playing with them making plays today? Malcolm and, and Kirk are two of my good buddies. So is Chris. And so, like I said, we worked together all summer. And so I saw the work that they put in and the sacrifices they made to, to make improvements. And so, it's exciting to watch them, like I said, have success. And, you know, I don't know how the cards are going to fall, but, you know, I think they did a really good job out there to, to prove that, you know, this is something that, that they can do. Somebody got a pretty special souvenir uh, after the touchdown. Yeah, Jacoby grabbed it and, and uh, you know, ran it over to me. And then uh, earlier in the game, uh, the ball I threw to Kirk, he, he grabbed it and said, you know, go throw this to your mom. So that's pretty cool. I love that Jacoby's, you know, looking out for me. And, um, you know, he's coming to the sideline and locked in, trying to help me out with coverages and what we want to do next. And, I, I mean, I seriously love having him around. We sit next to each other in meetings, and, you know, I'll lean over and be like, you know, what do you do here? What's your thought process here? And he's not just, you know, shushing me and telling me to, you know, buzz off or whatever. He's awesome, he's awesome and loves to talk about that stuff. Um, and, and it's been a great resource for, for me. Do you notice the guys that weren't playing, how into it they were to watch them? Yeah, and I, I think this is a tight-knit team. I think that there's lots of guys that spend lots of time outside of the facility together. Um, they're doing a good job of, of working together and making sure that you know, they're ready when their ch- time comes. And you can see it in practice that there's back and forth, ebbs and flows, offense, defense. And you know, guys talk and are competitive and want to win. And, and so I think that's kind of the environment that we've you know, created through Coach Flow, and, and it's t- from the top down. And um, it's great to be a part of. What is, what is that one? Does it bring you back to being like a kid when you the ball to your mom? <laughs> a little bit. It, it, this was a, a kind of a surreal moment, you know, getting to, to make a play like that. Um, I still haven't seen it. So, um, you know, I got the, the game ball in my bag. So it feels pretty good uh, headed back to Miami. Thank you. Again, the final score from Cincinnati, Dolphins 29, Bengals 26. We'll now pause for these words from your local station, but coming up next, we'll give you the latest scores from around the NFL. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins' fifth quarter overtime show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe, WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz, weekday mornings from 6 to 10. time for Dolphins football parties. Take home gating to the next level of hot and delicious Totina's pizza rolls. And the Dolphins win in Cincinnati 29-26, to but they were not the only ones in action as we now go to the out-of-town scoreboard to update you on NFL preseason week number three action. There are two games currently in progress right now. The Patriots on top of the Giants 22-14 to in the fourth quarter. The Browns up 7-zip on the Falcons early in the first quarter in that game. Games that have already finished this weekend. The Colts took down the Lions 27-17. Eagles and Jets played to a tie. Almost had one of those here today in Cincinnati. 31 apiece. The Panthers beat Pittsburgh 34-9. The Vikings go down to the Chiefs 28-25 the final in that one. The Bills blank the Packers 19 to nothing. The Ravens 37-3. That's 20 straight wins for the preseason Ravens, Seth. I know you love that. The Bears take down the Titans 27-24, Buccaneers 23, Texans 16, the Broncos 17-12 winners over the Los Angeles Rams, the Seahawks have a shutout of their own 27-0 over the LA Chargers, Jaguars 34, Dallas 14, and the Niners win the Battle of the Bay 34-10. Juice, it sounds like Reed Sinet already got your teleported game ball based upon that uh, post-game press conference there. How'd you get to him so fast? Man, you know, uh, there's, there's ways of doing it now. Well, you got man. people it's, in Ohio. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> That's right, man. I actually, like, uh, you know, I had it ready already, you know, in Paul Brown Stadium. 
you know, for whoever it was going to go to. So I had my uncle drop it off to read. You know, now it's on the plane back to South Florida. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Two things really stood off me on that press conference there, Seth. Number one, Reed's confidence. He sounds very confident talking about how I can play I in this can league. I can play in this league. And yeah. I, I, that's that's something you get out of these these preseason games that we love to watch so much. I also loved hearing him talk about Jacoby Brissett and the role that he's kind of filled in that Dolphins quarterback's room. I mean, we heard so much about the mentorship last year of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it was certainly there. But to get Jacoby Brissett in here doing that hometown kid, good to see that. But also, the biggest note I wanted to point out here, and you have, gave, us, gave us a great nugget off the air, about how guys hang out together and how they enjoy being around each other. Is that pretty common for teams to, to be able to spend time with guys away from the football field, or is, is it not like that all the time? Yeah, you know, Juice probably could shed more light on that than I could. But, I, I, Juice, I think when, you know, when I worked for the team and, well, when you worked for the team, we were spoiled. What a great locker room that was. I know a lot of that hanging out was on your basketball court. But, guys, I, I grew up professionally in, in, in a franchise where guys were close. They were really close. Yes, there's always some outliers there, but there were so many guys that would hang out together, certainly the position group guys, but other guys were together as well. I know hearing from from whether it was JT or other guys who went to other teams, it's not that way everywhere. And, and I think there's value to that, Juice. You heard Coach Flores even mention it. There's value to a team that bonds beyond just when they're required to bond. Yeah, the good teams definitely hang out with each other outside the locker room. You know, and that's the thing about it. You you get to know people. What I love hearing hearing Reed say so much was how happy he was for Chris, you know, Myrick. You know, how much he knows Kirk Merritt. They work out in the offseason together. How happy he was to the guys that, you know, honestly that do a lot of show team stuff, you know, against our number one team and they're out there balling. I was thinking that too, Travis. I mean, these guys play well together because they're going against such a great defense all the time when they're doing the show team, showing what, you know, New England's going to do, showing what the Buffalo Bills are going to do. And they've got to go out there and perform, you know, doing all that stuff, man. But like you said, Seth, man, the best teams that I know of were, were guys that hung out with each other. Not just in your position, but, you know, offensive linemen hanging out with some DBs and, you know, or, or you know, wide receivers hanging out with linebackers. You got guys that really enjoy each other's company, enjoy each other's teammates. You love hanging out with them outside the locker room. And that's part of the culture, I think, that Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins are establishing here in South Florida is – Guys that have that like-minded mentality, and we heard him talk about that with Jared Dokes and, you know, tough, smart, physical. The game is important to him, and I think we see that pretty much daily on the practice field with how guys compete and how happy they are to be out there and the cheering on of their teammates. Like when these guys break, so usually, Juice, you know this, when, you, when you're doing your individual drills, your fundamental drills, even some of the team periods, you're not always collectively in the same spot. But when they break to get to the, to the competition and the offense goes to one side, defense goes to the other side, they are losing their minds for each other every single time somebody makes a play, whether it's an established veteran, an Xavier Howard, or if it's a rookie getting a pick, like a Trill Williams, for instance, a guy I know that you love quite a bit. A trillion. That's his real name. A trillion. I love it. Great man. name. I love Trill, man. I love his said his dad had a dream that that's what he would name his son. Exactly right. That's where it came from. That's fabulous. And the fact that he got 51 because 1 through 50 was already taken. <laughs> He's trying to get out of that 51 juice. <laughs> he will. He will this week. If he makes a team, one of those numbers that looks more be- looks a little better on DB is going to be available. Up. It's going to be available. Unfortunately, it's going to be available. But yeah, I love I, And I think that's one of the things about him, and it just shows our depth, too. With some of the, you know, some of the positions we talk about, wide receiver, all we want. But what about the DBs? You know, the DBs are stacked too, and uh, they've got some guys that are getting some great work when you when you rest some guys or some other guys a little nicked up. Other guys are stepping up, and that's one thing that I've seen a lot with this team. When some guys are in the tub, some other guys are working hard to make the club. And it's been it's been a great thing to see some of these young guys stepping up. So Trill Williams gets here via a signing from the waivers off the New Orleans Saints after they cut their rookie uh, selection, or I guess he was undrafted and he winds up here in Miami, but he's one of a bunch of rookies on this club. And I thought we saw some good performances today from some of the rookies and and we saw plenty of them. We talked about Jalen Phillips a little bit, but Seth, I saw Hunter Long out there making a couple of plays in this game. And man, a couple weeks ago, he's on the practice field stretched out. And I think I'm thinking here comes the cart. Here goes the end of his rookie season. That's a wrap. Two weeks later, he's out here making plays on, on in a game. I mean, what do you think about Hunter Long so far? Yeah, well, look, I, I'm glad that he's out there playing. You never – I hate to see a promising player, certainly a rookie, to, to be lost in training camp. Nobody ever likes to see that. I was on the phone with somebody who was at camp, and right when that happened, 
it was a big oh bleep I'll call you back <laughs> and so you know it, it I know it looked dire for folks that were out there so to see him running around and playing is great I know there's one he would have liked to have hauled mm-hmm. in there it was a beautiful pass that mm-hmm. sent it through out there and and he didn't bring it in but I'd like to think with what we've seen from Hunter both in you know on tape in college and what you're seeing now in this preseason is that he'll start to make those plays and the biggest thing is he's going to have an opportunity to because, as Drew said, he's not he's not rehabbing right now. He's out there playing. It's one of the worst feelings in the world as a rookie to be hurt, man. It really is. I mean, it's a new environment, new new uh, new team, new everything, and you know you can't make the team. They don't know anything about you yet as a professional. They know all they want to know as a as a college player. They know, but you, it's really tough. And to see him out there with the knee brace on, you know, outside the sock, which I was joking about. Yeah, said, that's old that's school a, juice. Yeah, that, you can't. I don't know if you can get away with that anymore. You guys are supposed to cover that stuff up. But the fact that he is out there getting to work in, like you talked about. The injury that you thought would have been a, a pretty serious injury. It looks like it still got some, some seriousness to it, but he's able to go out there and try to perform. And Seth, I, I, was, I was wondering if you're going to talk about that ball that you know he, he he dropped that was right on the money for my man. You know, sent it to win. It was a beautiful pass. It was a beautiful pass, and he would like that one back. But I tell you what, those happen. I always say this, Travis. He was never dropped a pass. and never had a pass thrown <laughs> to him. You know what I mean? So that's fair. Right? Seth, how many drops we have? We have zero drops. We have zero career drops. That's right. I do. I haven't so. dropped one. You know, you talked about something there, OJ. That I want to go kind of further in on because this is something I've always wondered: when a player is on the cart, getting taken off, and you see the emotion. Like I think Dak Prescott talked about this on Hard Knocks about how he. You know, it didn't hit him until a player came up to him, one of his teammates, and tapped him on the shoulder and said, like, it's going to be okay, man. Like, we got you. And that's when he realized, like, how serious that broken leg was, which is kind of hilarious to say because his leg was hanging off of his own leg. But, you know, I've always thought to myself, like, what goes through your mind? Are you thinking about your future contract situation? You're standing with your team possibly a year out of the middle of your prime. Like, is there a flood of emotions? Are you able to have those types of, like, you know, intelligent thoughts? Or is it just kind of a mess of emotions when you get, like, something like that happening? Everything goes through your mind. All the above goes through your mind, man. My thing I always thought about when I was a little banged up was, um, is my, <laughs> what's my mom thinking? You know, do I, can I get up so my mom doesn't see me on the ground or hurt? Am I that hurt? Can I get up? You know, because my mom, I don't want her freaking out. Then you think about if it's a contract situation. You know, I'm, this is a contract year for me. Am I, you know, am I, did I gamble on myself like Dak did and, you know, and, and possibly not get paid? You know, because there's, there's a lot of situations out there that, that, that happen. But a lot of things go through your mind, man. And like you said, I, I know exactly the clip you're talking about uh, watching Hard Knocks. When Dak was okay, yeah, he knew his leg was all messed up, but he was okay until he got on that cart and his teammates cut, started coming up to him. That's when he started crying really heavy, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, he realized then he was in, in really bad shape. So when guys get hurt, man, I mean, it's, it's a tough deal. And, you know, well, I remember at Penn State, guys get hurt. And Joe said, move it up 15 yards. Let's keep practicing, you know. <laughs> just move it up, you know. Uh, it's hard to just move it up, man, when you see one of your buddies down on the ground. Exactly. They always talk about how hard it is to come back from one of those big collisions, especially the ones when the guys go off like an ambulance. I've always wondered, you know, the mindset of an athlete is as impressive as their physical prowess in and of itself. So I, I think that's pretty pretty admirable of you guys to be able to fight through that kind of stuff. Seth, what's the biggest injury you've ever had, man? I, I – uh, I've never broken a bone before. I mean, I'm, I'm as clean as a whistle over here. You ever had anything happen to you? Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's been some, certainly not on in athletic play, if that's what we're talking about. But uh, you know what? Juice will appreciate this. When I was an intern with the Cleveland Cavaliers, I played a lot of pickup basketball, and I had a plantar fasciitis problem, <laughs> uh, you know, probably just bad genetics. But I was, you know, the trainer said, oh, come on in, Gary Briggs, the old trainer, and he was icing my foot down, and Larry Nance comes walking down in the training room, and he looks at me and he goes, what happened to you? Fax machine jump up and bite you? You know, so, you know, again, fax machine, that's old school. But he was killing me. Like, the PR intern should not be sitting on the training table. That's bad ball right there. <laughs> not great. So, yeah, that's probably my worst professional sports injury. I got hit in the elbow by a fastball one time, and I was out for, like, a game. But, I mean, there's nothing serious. I mean, oh, but but some, some of my favorite stories <laughs> some of my favorite stories come from the – like I think there was a player one time in MLB that slipped on like a McDonald's bag, or was it Brandon Marshall or someone slipped on a McDonald's bag and they were out for a couple of weeks because of the injury. OJ, did you ever see any ridiculous injuries around Dolphins camp or at Brian State Greasy? Remember he out? tripped over his dog? Remember yeah, that? that's what go. that's what he said, right? That's well, what allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Don't get my homework. You know, I'm going to trust the Greasy. You know, in my senior year at Penn State, Kerry Collins broke his uh, index finger on a throwing hand. He said he did it playing volleyball. I don't know if that's the case or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think he might have might have knocked somebody out. And but he almost tried to ruin my draft status. You know, I'm worried because my quarterback. 
Right. You know, I mean, I was playing with you. Should have seen the. I won't even talk about the quarterbacks I had to play with until he got healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, I need him healthy out there, man. But yeah, there's a. You lot didn't of have those. a Reed Senate there to come I in. Did not have Reed yeah. Senate to win it, baby. USD, I get man. it. Nope, I did not. I did not. Well, so that was Hunter Long's uh, preseason in a nutshell. Kind of got off the rails there a little bit, but I want to talk about rails. those guys because you know we talked about Jared Dokes and we were so impressed with how he played today. We saw a lot of Larnell Coleman, a seventh round draft pick as well in this game, and no Javon Holland, no Jalen Waddle. Hopefully, those guys. Well, well Jalen should be good to go for Week One. We'll see about Javon Holland, but I thought the Dolphins rookie class in general, they just. Man, they, they looked the part so far. I know it's got a long way to go, and, and Coach would kill me for saying that, but I'm pretty excited about this rookie class. I thought they put some good work out there today as well. So we're going to come back on the other side of this break and talk about the guys we are banging the table for to keep on this roster. We're not the GM. We don't mean anything, but we want to make our cases for our guys. Again, the final score from Cincinnati, Dolphins 29, Bengals 26. Coming up next, we'll have the final stats of the game. We'll now pause for these words from your local station. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter overtime show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. This is the Miami Dolphins radio network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz weekday mornings from six to 10. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more. Only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. We're going to make our case for the guys we want to keep on this roster here in just one moment. But first, the final stats from the game. Dolphins, of course, 29. Bengals, 26. Miami converted 6 of 11 third downs. The Bengals, 7 of 14. Total yards, Bengals, 413. Miami, 388. The Dolphins did outpass Cincinnati by Senate to win it. 319 yards, 293 yards for the Bengals through the air. And the Bengals rushed for a buck 20 and the Dolphins for 69. Let's pause for 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS HD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. So guys, we have a final segment here to get our case in. The point we want to make for which player we think should stick around on this roster, of course, there's a bunch of guys that we already know are on the roster, but on that fringe bubble part of the roster, Seth, I think I'm going to go to you here first. What do you think, man? Who's the guy that you're banging the table for to keep on this roster based upon what you saw in the preseason, training camp, and otherwise? Well, you know, it's kind of crazy to even say this, uh, and I, I wouldn't even have thought that I would need to do this, but uh, there's been some talk that just because of how competitive that linebacker room is, that Sam Egwavon is not a lock to make this team. And I know it sounds even crazier after last week, and he got my game ball and the four sacks and, and everything that he did. But, man, oh, man, I would, I would be disappointed to see this team go into the season without Sam Egwavon. I think that he brings so much to the table, his energy. I, I love what he gives you, pass rushing there. And, and he just seems like a pro's pro, and we've heard Coach say that about him as well. So, so that's my guy. I, you know, we got to keep Sam on this team. Juice, what do you got? Who's I your like guy? that, man. Sam's my guy, too. I love that call. You know, we talk about some crowded rooms, and one of the crowded rooms that we know about are the rooms that has a guy by the name of Miles Gaskins in it. Mm. It's got Malcolm Brown in it. It's got Savon Ahmed in it. It's got Jared Dokes we've talked a lot about today. But the guy in that room that I'm, you know, banging the table for is Patrick Laird. The intern. The, the, intern, the intern is my guy, man. He does so many different things other than – be able to tote the rock, catch the ball in the backfield, talk about what he does on teams. But not only that, he's such a good teammate, you know. And those are the guys you want. Those are the guys you need around that are out there doing the extra work, helping guys out. You know, how many guys come in here that he, does he help with the offense and learn the plays that could be possibly taking his job? Laird is a guy that goes out there and just goes to work, man. And uh, he does a lot for this team. So if I'm going to make my, my final push for the last five, six guys on this roster – Patrick Laird's my guy because I can use him in so many different ways on offense, especially on teams. Special teams is definitely his calling card at this stage of his career. We know that goes a very long way with Coach Flores, and that's kind of going to be in the same vein for me with where I go here. I would put Kirk Merritt, but I think you guys already know that. I've talked about him all show long. But I'm going with Jamal Perry, formerly Jamal Wiltz, who has been on this club for a couple of years now, and he came over from the Patriots practice squad back when Brian Flores first got here, and they haven't got rid of him yet. I don't think it's going to happen this year either. And You talk about special teams. He does everything there. Seth also talked about the Dolphins' 
propensity to go with multiple six and sometimes seven, eight defensive back sets. He's a good, he's a sure tackler. He's a good coverage guy, can play corner and safety, does a little bit of everything, just like you mentioned with the intern. So I'm going Jamal Perry as my guy. And guys, that's we're getting close to the end of the show here. I mean, what, what do you think we're going to talk about next? I mean, we got some some new fish tank stuff coming up, Seth. What's uh what's coming down the pike on the fish tank? Yeah, I, I, we're excited about this week's show. So Jeff Darlington from ESPN was unhappy with his download stats <laughs> the first time he, that he came in. And he was really unhappy with me, Juice, yeah. that I thought he did a great job. But Darlington said that he was ready to do better. Uh, I don't know that he's going to eclipse his friend Shannon Crowder, who, who was just in the tank this week. But Darlington, uh, maybe the most edited episode we've ever had, <laughs> he brought it. So this Tuesday, 8 a.m., definitely make sure that you are subscribing to The Fish Tank on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and get it on Dolphins.com. But Jeff Darlington brings it. Yeah. We also got a chance to watch you guys on CBS4 on Saturday night with Channing Crowder. So that episode was available for you guys there as well. OJ, we also have a crossover coming up here with the folks on the Drive Time podcast this week. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, every time we get a chance to, to, to chop it up with you, man, it's like we're sitting at home, man, like enjoying a beer with each other, man, and having a great conversation about what we love more than anything. That's Miami Dolphins football, man. So, yeah, the crossover with you, man. We, Seth and I, we, we, I was a little late. I, I, sometimes, you know, I got other things going on in my life, Travis. Late to the plane. <laughs> late to the bus, late to the podcast. A theme here, Juice. Yeah, it's not a good theme either, bro. But, I, yeah, exciting crossover, man. And, you know, we talked about some really, really important stuff, especially this time of year for some of these guys that are trying to make a team or, you know, or, or guys that could be on the bubble or guys that are solid on the team, man. Fun stuff always when we get a chance to chop it up with you. I think the end of the game today in the booth watching the game with both you guys, I told my wife today, like, I'm not, like, stoked about going to work today because it's the final preseason game, and Seth, maybe you finally got me on that one. But I said, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm excited to watch the oh, game no. with my friends. Like, I was so excited to get here and watch the game with you guys. And then to have it end that way, I keep thinking about week one. Like, if this team pulls off a miracle win at the end or if they just blow the Patriots out, yeah. I, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, it's, it's going to be – a new side of me that you're going to see. Are we going to see the fan side? <laughs> you're going to see the fan side of Travis Wingfield. I think Juice maybe can bring some of that juice as well because I know that you used to go to the games, or you still go to the games and sit right in the in the stands there. So, I mean, it's just a bunch of Dolphins fans hanging out talking Dolphins football right here, and that's what you get on the Fish Tank podcast and the Drive Time podcast. But I don't know, OJ, you ready to see some of that out of out of your boy over here? I am ready. I, I'm so ready, man. Now, you know, because you know, we've been kind of tame you know, during the preseason, we've been excited about I mean, certain plays, but now we can get excited about, you know, climbing up this win-loss record, man, you know, starting the season off 1-0, you know, and the next week go 1-0 again. And once we start doing that, man, it's so much more fun to come in and be able to do a post-game show because, um, you know, we are I'm – I'm the biggest fanboy out here. I think you might be – Fanboy, one, one, one B, one B, one B. I'll take it. All right, cool. cool I cool. love they talked about Juice in the in the alumni suite. I think it was uh, Channing. <laughs> Channing. So, Juice got really mad at a game last year, and Channing's like, "Oh, like you, you, you're really upset over it." You know, obviously, all the alumni want the Dolphins to win, but but Juice, you have the heart of a fan out there, and Channing Channing didn't realize that. Dude, they can't come in there, you know. And not care about the outcome of the game, Big Seth. We're in here to watch the Dolphins win. Are you running them out? Are you? I'm, I'm trying to. And some guys come <laughs> in with, with guys from the other team cheering for the other team. That really makes me mad. Yeah. Oh, I see other colors in there, man. That's a big problem for me, man. You know. And I, I want to go up to some of the guys that bring guys in. You know, that are cheering for the other team. But most of them are so much bigger than me, man. You know, I, <laughs> I've already taken an L a couple of times from big guys. You know, on my team. So I don't. I, I just let them get away with it. You know what I mean? I guess, man. I think you should speak up. I think you should let him know, or at least go talk to Mr. Nat Moore. And you know, who 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 gave this guy a ticket? Yeah, I, I, I let Nat know. I know I know exactly <laughs> who did it a few times and different guys. But you know, I, I'm gonna let him get away with it for a little while. Otherwise, but see, last year was a lot different though because we it was toned down. We only had like ten guys in the suite out of the sixty. You know, because of COVID. Sure. So it was more of a true, true Dolphins last year. But the a couple right years ago and years before that, yeah, it was a problem. In there. Yeah, that is a problem. And look, here's the other thing. You know, for those of you who have never sat in an NFL press box, there's supposed to be a professional environment in there. So there's no <laughs> cheering in the press box. I understand that there's journalistic integrity and if you're a beat writer or what have you. But look, we want our Dolphins to win these games. Right. And there may not be cheering in the press box, but I don't think those rules exist 
in the WQAM studio. That's right. Tell that to Travis Wingfield in 2018 at the Miami <laughs> Miracle that there's no cheering in the press box. Just try and get me to stop cheering during that particular play. There was no way it was going to happen. I mean, it's more of a kind of the Adam Sandler from uh, Big Daddy when the kid's sleeping and he gives the mm, just a little bit of a grunt there. But, you know, I couldn't hold it all the way back, so I'm not going to be able to do that here. Well, listen, guys. after our performance by Jason Jenkins on the sideline, yes. we caught him on tape there. So I think, you know, apparently you can cheer on the sidelines. <laughs> but, yeah, I think in a moment like that, to show that you're human, to have a little emotion, that's different than just uh, you know bringing the big foam finger and the, and the air horn into the press yeah, box. Yeah, I couldn't go to the press box. No, I don't it think would, Juice. It wouldn't I, work out for me. You're going to have to meet us there <laughs> post-game once the game Head is to over. Head to toe, dolphin gear on, you know, cheering and, and screaming. Yeah, it wouldn't work for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, just driving home from the stadium last year to do the podcast because I, I did it at home because, you know, there was no place to do it because of COVID. COVID kind of changed everything. But that drive home – from a win compared to a loss and doing a podcast and knowing that I had the W in the back of my pocket and was just driving home, getting ready to do that. It was a night and day difference. So I'm sure we'll get plenty of the same here this season. And it kind of makes me want to do a prediction. What do you guys think? Should we predict the Dolphins record this year? Is that too oh, much? I don't Is that going overboard? The PR guy in me won't let me make any mm. predictions. I, don't know, I won't stop you, too. Travis, but yeah, I don't make predictions. Pr- all I predict. It's a one game season. All isn't I it, predict Juice? for the Dolphins playoffs. Okay. I'm not going to go win-loss record. We will be in the playoffs this year, though. 13 wins. Wow. I like that. 13, 13 wins is – 13 and 4. That's big time. I like the way the second half of the schedule kind of lightens up. And yeah. I know Coach would kill me for saying that. Yeah. but Yeah, I'm staying away I'm from all Tough start to be, the season. You've got a better relationship <laughs> with Coach than we do, so you can say whatever you want. Coach. He said it half the time. He gets that little glimmer in his eye when he has a question. I think we're getting there, boys. 13 I think this wins team, is bold. I, th- I think the, the, the final – accumulation of this whole vision is, is about to we're about to see it and hopefully it goes in our favor of course every game is tough you have to come out there and compete every day but I think this team has it in them to beat anybody on their schedule and we talk about the small things Brian Flores and this team does every single week I think that gives you an advantage against everybody you go against especially with the talent this team now has on the roster boys that's it you want to wrap up right here I got a couple of uh, Twitter handles to talk about the fish tank podcast the Drive Time Podcast on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth, did you have something else for us? No, I'm rolling with you. All right, we're at, at the Fish Tank 81 for these guys on Twitter, at Team Levitt, that's one T on Twitter as well, <laughs> at OJ McDuffie 81 I am at Wingfield NFL. And thanks to our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro Solana, our studio producers, Robert Griepert, Matthew Wilson, and Danny Garcia. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray. For OJ McDuffie, for Seth Levitt, I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game was Dolphins 29, Bengals 26. Dolphins football will be back on WQAM week one of the NFL season when the Dolphins take on the Patriots in Foxborough on September 12th. This has been the fifth quarter overtime show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.